Hi, I'm Dennis Hester, and I'm the pastor here at First Baptist Church Watauga, and we are grateful that you have tuned in to listen to these messages, either through our podcast or on our website. And as you listen to these, our prayer is that you would hear the Lord speak to you from His Holy Word. If you're interested in learning more about the church, you can get on our website at fbcwatauga.org. From there, there's a place where you can plan a visit, you can learn more about our beliefs. You can also request prayer through the prayer request page. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'd love to get to know you. The most important thing that I'd communicate to you is as you listen to God's Word, that you find a place to get plugged into a local congregation, whether it's here at First Baptist or another local church where you live. If you'd like information or would like us to help you find a church home, uh, we'd love to talk to you about that. And you can contact us through our Facebook page. So God bless you as you listen to His Word, and may the Lord encourage you in your walk. So here we are, not even a full four months into 2020, and yet this year has already brought so many significant changes in, in all of our lives. For one, just earlier this week, the governor uh, released that statement that, that schools were gonna remain closed for the rest of this school year. And, and so I know that that's brought some, some heartache and, and disappointment to many of our teachers and, and to our students, uh, especially to our seniors. And, and, and my heart goes out to our seniors this year. But on a lighter note, uh, many of us can't get a professional haircut right now. Now, I know I look good, but uh, some of you out there, I know you need that professional haircut. I've also noticed that Monday has become my favorite day of the week. Monday has become my favorite day of the week because it's trash pickup day. Not only am I excited that our trash is, is gonna be picked up on Monday because we seem to be producing more of it right now than on a normal basis, but, but it also means for that one brief moment each week, we actually have a visitor at our house. Hi, Mr. Trashman, see you again next Monday. But one thing that has been really interesting to me about 2020 is the introduction of new phrases like social distancing. For as long as I've been alive, it has always been the goal and the desire of our culture to, to bring people together, to figure out how we can get closer to one another, from 1-800-COLLECT to prepaid calling cards to cell phones and social media, unlimited texting, no long distance fees, and friends and family networks, we have always tried to get closer to one another. But for the first time in my lifetime and probably many of your lifetimes, for the first time in our lifetime, we aren't trying to get closer to one another, we're trying to figure out how to distance ourselves from one another. And that phrase social distancing will be a phrase that will go down in history as forever being connected with this year, 2020. But another word has emerged, and, and it's not a new word by any means, but, but this word has taken on a greater significance during this time. That word is essential. Whether we're talking about essential jobs or essential businesses, essential employees, that word essential seems to bear a little bit more weight in our dialogue these days. And I realize that this is the first Sunday that I have been up here at the church building since all of this went down. I did it, guys. I'm finally essential. But in all seriousness, I do wanna pause and say thank you to all of our essential 
workers out there. Thank you to those that, that are working in the hospitals and in the grocery stores, delivering food, delivering mail. Thank you for making food. Thank you for what you're doing to make sure that things continue during this time. And one thing that, that it is essential that we continue during this time, it is essential that we continue to worship. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm 113, verses one through three. Psalm 113, verses one through three. Now, as you turn there, let me, let me point out, if you have a, a copy of the Bible that gives these chapters headings, the heading of this chapter is Praise to the Merciful God. Praise to the Merciful God. As we celebrated Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday last week, we were reminded that God sent his son, Jesus, in, into the world to die for our sins out of his enduring love and his abundant mercy. While my sins and your sins require and deserve death, it is through his mercy that, that offer us forgiveness and it offers us life through Christ's sacrifice. And so no matter how difficult things might get in, in this life that we're living in this world, I cling to the promise of hope that is offered through his mercy. Yes, things may look bad right now, but our God is still a God of mercy. He is still a merciful God and he is deserving of our praise and our worship. So let's read Psalm 113, verses one through three. It says, hallelujah, give praise, servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be blessed both now and forever. From the rising of the sun to its setting, let the name of the Lord be praised. So as we start out today, I wanna emphasize that word hallelujah to you. Everybody, just turn to someone that you're sitting next to at home and say that word hallelujah. Hallelujah, all right? You just spoke in tongues, all right? But, but don't freak out because I'm gonna give you the interpretation right now, all right? So that word hallelujah, it, it it, it's actually, it's not an English word. It, it's a Hebrew word that has been written in English for us. But, but that word hallelujah, uh, the first part of the word hallelujah, right? It means let us praise. And the second part of the word, yah, it, it's the name of God. And, and so when we say that word hallelujah, we, we're not simply just saying one word. We are exclaiming a phrase, let us praise God or let us praise the Lord. So the psalmist, who, which is likely David, the psalmist begins by saying, let us praise the Lord or let us worship the Lord. So as we look at our passage today, I wanna discuss what I'm calling the three essential W's of worship. The three essential W's of worship. The first essential W of worship is the who of worship. The who of worship. And the who of worship is gonna be broken down into two categories. We have the worshipers and we have the one being worshiped. We have the worshipers and we have the one being worshiped. So let's start with the worshipers. Who does verse one tell us should be worshiping the Lord? 
the servants of the Lord. The servants of the Lord are to be the worshipers. Now, this has a few implications for us. First, we understand that this phrase, servants of the Lord, is referring to those who are walking in a right relationship with the Lord. Now, now this, of course, was written before, before Christ's coming, before his death on the cross, before his resurrection, right? But understand this, Christ being the second part of the Trinity, God the Son has always existed. He was there when the world was created. All things were created by him and through him. And he was the promised coming Messiah. And so those that trusted in the Lord and his promises, those who were walking with the hope of the coming Messiah, those who walked in obedience to the Lord, they were the servants of the Lord. Now on this side of the cross, on this side of Easter, those who have placed their hope, their trust, and their faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins and for their salvation, those who have allowed for Jesus to become the Lord or, or the leader of their lives, those who are walking in that right relationship with God through Jesus Christ, on this side of the cross, on this side of Easter, those are the servants of the Lord. So let me pause right here and simply ask an important question. Are you a servant of the Lord? Are you a servant of the Lord? Not are you a church member? Not are you streaming this service this morning? Are you a servant of the Lord? Are you walking in that right relationship with Christ through his death and resurrection? Have you turned from your sins? Have you asked for Jesus to forgive you? Have you made him the Lord or the leader of your life? Are you a servant of the Lord? And if you would say that you're not a servant of the Lord this morning, then I would urge you this morning to place your faith, your hope, your trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and for your salvation and allow for him to become your Lord that you might be known as a servant of the Lord, that you might be a worshiper of the Lord. So the servants of the Lord are to be the worshipers. Now this has a second implication for us that we can't expect those who are not servants of the Lord to worship the Lord. We can't expect those who, who have not experienced God's mercy and goodness through Jesus Christ to have a heart of worship towards God. It means that we can't expect those who are not living in that right relationship with God to desire to sing praises to his name. We can't expect them to walk in obedience to the Lord. We can't expect them to abstain from sin. We can't expect them to live a lifestyle of worship. They are not the worshipers of the Lord because they are not servants of the Lord. Right Now, again, if you find yourself in that category this morning that you are not a servant of the Lord, this does not mean that today you can't become a servant of the Lord. It doesn't mean that today you can't turn from your sins. It doesn't mean that today that Jesus Christ can't become the Lord of your life. He absolutely can. Today you can become a servant of the Lord and you can begin this life of worship. But again, this is a reminder to us that not everyone will be a worshiper of the Lord. Now there is a day coming that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, but that day has not yet come. But if you have experienced the goodness of the Lord, 
If you have experienced his mercy, if you have experienced that hope of Christ that Pastor Dennis preached about last Sunday on Easter Sunday, if you have experienced salvation through Jesus Christ, then worship should be a very real part of your life. Worship should be a central part of your life as a believer because the servants of the Lord are to be the worshipers. Now, this has a third implication for us that we see in that word servant. A servant is someone who carries out the will of someone else. A servant is someone who lives their life in submission to someone else. And as believers, we are called to live our lives in such a way that we are living our lives in submission to God, that we are living our lives in such a way that we are living in, 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 with this desire to carry out his will. But understand this. God doesn't just call us to live our lives as servants. God also modeled this attitude for us. Philippians 2, 5 through 8 tells us, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. Jesus, God the Son, modeled this life of a servant for us. Jesus embodied for us this phrase, servant of the Lord, because Jesus lived his life on this earth in service to the Father's will. In fact, a couple of weeks ago in one of our online youth Bible studies, we looked at Jesus's prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. As Jesus's arrest was drawing near, Jesus knew that he was gonna be arrested. He knew that he was gonna be mocked. He knew that he was gonna be spit on. Jesus knew that, that he was going to be beaten and whipped and his flesh was gonna be ripped from him. He knew that he was gonna have nails driven into his wrists and, and, and nails driven through his feet. He knew that a crown of thorns was gonna be shoved down onto his head. He knew the excruciating pain that he was about to experience. And so he knelt down in the garden of Gethsemane and he prayed to the father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus's desire, Jesus's heart, Jesus's, Jesus's motive was to live in submission to the father and to carry out the father's will. So just as we sense this weight of that word essential in our dialogue right now, I want you to sense the weight of that word servant as we bear it as servants of the Lord. And this is what I've learned in my own walk with the Lord, that the longer I serve him, the greater my desire is to worship him. The longer I serve him, the greater my desire is to worship him. There's a hymn that was written back in the 60s by Bill Gaither titled, The Longer I Serve Him. And the chorus reads, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that I love him, more love he bestows. Each day is like heaven, my heart overflows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. 
You see, our service and our worship are greatly tied together. The more that we worship the Lord, the more we are compelled to serve him. And the more that we serve the Lord, the more we are compelled to worship him. It's such a beautiful cycle to be in uh, of worshiping the Lord, being compelled to serve him, being compelled to worship him, being compelled to serve him. Such a beautiful cycle for, our, for us to live our lives in. So let me pause and ask this important question right now. Do you find it difficult during this time to worship the Lord? Do you find it difficult during this time to worship the Lord? And and if so, then I would just encourage you, begin finding ways during this time to serve him. And that may look like different things. Maybe for you, that looks like simply taking care of your family in the name of the Lord right now. Maybe it means ordering food for someone and having it delivered to their house. Maybe it means going grocery shopping for some of the older or more vulnerable in our church or in the community. We sent out that that service opportunity earlier this week on Facebook and and through the email for the face masks that, that we can make for the Presbyterian Night Shelter. And you can bring those up to the church between 10 and noon tomorrow if you've been working on those. But you see, this time of social distancing, it doesn't prevent opportunities for service. It simply presents new opportunities for service. And as we serve others, as we serve the least of these, we serve the Lord. So the first two of worship are the servants of the Lord. Let's look at the second who of worship. Who does verse one say that we are to be worshiping? It says, praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So the second who of worship is the Lord. The second who of worship is the Lord. Now I understand that this may seem like somewhat of a silly question to be answering on a Sunday morning, especially during a a, a church service, during this live streaming service. It seems like a silly question to be asked asking and answering uh, that, that we should be worshiping the Lord. Of course we should be worshiping the Lord. Of course our worship is supposed to be centered around God, right? How could there be any other answer? But here's the reality. While we know that the Lord is supposed to be the who of our worship, if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of times we worship other who's. A lot of times we worship the wrong who's. And I'm not just talking about outside of the church. I'm not just talking about in the world. I mean, among us as servants of the Lord, many times our our hearts and our focus and our worship gets misplaced on other who's, on the wrong who's. So in our world today, one of these wrong who's that we worship is Sexuality. Sexuality is greatly worshiped. We elevate our fleshly desires and we submit to these desires instead of worshiping the Lord. And in fact, oftentimes we will ignore the will of the Father in order to fulfill our own desires. We will ignore the will of the Father so that we can live with someone outside of marriage. We will ignore the will of the Father so that we can sleep with someone outside of marriage. Many times we ignore the will of the Father so that we can fulfill our own fleshly desires. And so sexuality is one of these wrong who's that we worship. 
Another wrong who of our worship is success. Success is a wrong who of our worship. Whether we're talking about uh, money and, and positions or fame and recognition, so often we worship the idea of success to the point that we will pursue our own will over the Father's will. We, were, we will pursue our own will in order to achieve whatever goal we have to get to the, that next step on the ladder of success. And, and, and to the point that we might, we might even present our will to the Father and, and instead of Instead of having that attitude of Jesus, if it's possible, let this happen, but not my will, your will, a lot of times we will present our will to the Father and say, bless my will. This is what I wanna do. This is how I want to exceed, succeed. Bless my will. And so success is another wrong who of our worship. But the overarching wrong who of our worship, the one that, that arches over success, the one that arches over sexuality, the overarching who is self. My wants, my desires, my pursuits often become the driving force. And instead of worshiping the Lord, I worship self. Myself sits on the throne of my own heart. And so instead of living as servants to the Lord, we live as servants to self. We become self-serving. Self becomes the priority. And we submit ourselves not to the Lord. We submit ourselves to ourselves. But if we're gonna truly live this life of worship, we must, we must recenter and refocus our hearts and our lives not on worship to sex, not on worship uh, of success, and, and not to worship of self. We must recenter our hearts and our worship on the Savior. And if anything, this is the greatest thing that, that we have received during this time of social distancing. We have gained the opportunity to refocus our hearts. Everything else has been put on hold. Everything else has been stripped away. All of these false, false idols in our lives have kind of been put on hold right now. And so this is an opportunity for us to refocus our hearts, refocus our worship on the one that truly matters, to worship the correct who, to worship the Lord. So the first essential W of worship is the who of worship. The second essential W of worship is the when of worship, the when of worship. When does verse two tell us that we should bless the name of the Lord? It says, let the name of the Lord be blessed both now and Forever. Here's a truth that you can cling to and grab hold of. When you're worshiping the Lord, it's always time to worship. When you're worshiping the Lord, it's always time to worship. There are some, some commercials, some of their songs that I still remember even from years ago because their jingles were so catchy. There was an old Navy commercial back in the late 90s not a sponsor, but there, there was an Old Navy performance fleece commercial back in the late 90s that my sister and I would, would quote word for word back, back, to, back and forth to each other. And, and uh, if you ever wanna hear that, I'll be happy to, to share that with you when we're back together in person. 
But who remembers the pizza bagel bite song, right? Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. When pizza's on a bagel, you can have pizza anytime. I think that's my first solo in, in church here. <laughs> so, so this song, this pizza bagel bite song, it was the idea that, that bagels were so good that you could have them anytime, that, that maybe they were so good or, or so healthy that you could have them anytime you wanted or, or maybe even that you would want them anytime. And I'll be honest, I'm a pizza fan. We just had pizza for dinner last night. I'm a pizza fan, but I am not a bagel fan. I'm just not a huge fan of bagels. I think that they're just an imposter, that they're just a mean trick on someone on a quest to find a really tasty donut and you bite into that bagel and you find disappointment instead. So bagels are not good to me, but, but the Lord, the Lord, he is good. He is merciful. If you keep reading in this chapter, we see the Lord stoops down to look on the earth. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the trash heap to seat them with nobles. He gives the childless woman a household. He does all of these things because he is good. And because he is good, he is worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised in the morning. He's worthy to be praised in the evening. He's worthy to be praised at supper time. Because God is so good, he is worthy to be praised anytime and all the time. You see, worship is not simply a Sunday morning activity. Worshiping the Lord should be an active reality in our lives each and every day. Worshiping the Lord should be an active reality in our lives each and every day. Furthermore, our worship is worship experiences together. Even though we're not gathering together in this building, we are still gathering together as we, as we watch this online streaming service together. So I, it, our worship experiences together should, should be an overflow of the worship that is already going on in our hearts and in our lives on a daily basis. Worship shouldn't begin with the strum of the guitar or the first note of the piano and end when the streaming service comes to a close. Worship should begin at the beginning of your relationship with Christ and it should continue into eternity. It never ends. That means that you are able to worship the Lord in the good times, but you're also able to worship the Lord in the more difficult times. It means that you're able to worship the Lord when, when we find out from the president and the governor and our community officials that, that the virus is gone and that we are able to re return to our lives and return to some normalcy, that all of these restrictions have been lifted. It means we're able to worship the Lord at that time, but it also means that we're able to worship the Lord when we find out from the president or the governor or the community officials that we've gotta extend some things. It means that we're able to worship the Lord even though school is canceled for the rest of this school year. It means that we're able to worship the Lord even though we're not able to come back together right now. It means that we are able to worship the Lord always in all times. You see, when you understand that worship isn't based on song or circumstance, rather it's based on how great our God is, you will be able to worship in the midst of all circumstances, 
you will be able to worship him at all times, both now and forever. So let me pause and ask this question once again. Do you find it difficult to worship during this time? And if that's you, I'm not asking this question multiple times to make you feel guilty. But if that's you, if you would say, I am struggling to, to worship during this time, then along with looking for ways to to serve the Lord during this time, I would also encourage you to ask yourself a question. Where is my focus? Is your focus on the circumstances? Is your focus on on this virus? Is your focus on all of the stuff that's being closed, all of the stuff that's being canceled? Is your focus on everything we can't do right now? And if that's the case, then I would encourage you to simply refocus your heart Refocus your attention on how great our God is. Refocus your heart on his love. Refocus your heart on his mercy and and begin, begin worshiping the Lord even in the midst of these circumstances. So the first essential W of worship is the who of worship. The second essential W of worship is the when of worship. Finally, this morning, the third essential W of worship is the where of worship, the where of worship. Where does verse three tell us to praise the Lord? It says, from the rising of the sun to its setting, let the name of the Lord be praised. From the rising of the sun to its setting. Now, I don't know about you, but when I have read or or heard these words read or preached, uh, or as I have read these words in the past, I have always assumed this to be the win of worship, that I'm supposed to worship the Lord from when I wake up until I go to bed, from when the sun comes up to when the sun goes down. And, And while it's true that we are supposed to worship all the time, right? We just discussed that with the win of worship. While it's true that we are supposed to worship the Lord all the time, most scholars would agree that the actual meaning of this phrase, from the rising of the sun to its setting, is not referring to the win of worship, rather it's referring to the where of worship, from the east to the west. So whether you're in the east or you're in the West, or anywhere in between, you are to worship the Lord. Whether you're in New York, or in Los Angeles, or you're right here in Fort Worth, Texas, you are to worship the Lord. Whether you're in Asia, or Europe, or the United States, you are to worship the Lord. From the place the sun rises to the place the sun sets, you are to offer praise and worship to the Lord. I shared a video on Facebook earlier this week of missionaries all around the world singing, it is well with my soul in 25 different languages. If you haven't watched that video yet, you can find that on my Facebook page. Just go to my Facebook page and and scroll down some till you find that video. It is well, sung in 25 different languages around the world. You see, it, it, it didn't matter where these missionaries were in the world, they were in the right place to worship the Lord because we can worship the Lord any place in the world. Now that's what it means on the larger scale, but what it means on on the smaller scale is that we don't have to be inside this church building to worship the Lord. As you've been able to experience over the last several weeks, 
we are able to worship the Lord right from our own homes. Now, now I can't wait till we're able to come back together, to gather together as a church body again, to sing praises to his name in person with, with each other. But we are able to, to experience and to worship the Lord wherever we're at, right in our own homes. And, and so this is a truth that we can cling to, that no matter what gets canceled, in our country or in our community, worship is never canceled. No matter what gets canceled in our country or in our community, worship is never canceled. I'm so thankful that worship is not dependent on these church doors being open. We love Matthew here at First Baptist Watauga. He's doing a great job leading worship, especially during this time of social distancing. He's doing a great job of leading worship. But I'm thankful that, that I don't need to have a Matthew or a Zach or any other worship leader to follow me around in my life to lead me in worship. I'm able to worship the Lord wherever I go, wherever I find myself. I always loved a, a story that my dad told me about my great-grandmother, whom I was never able to meet. My great-grandmother lived with my dad and, and his family when he was growing up. And, and he said he always remembers uh, while he was lying in bed at night, he would hear her singing praises to the Lord from her bedroom. It, it, she didn't have a band she, she didn't have music. She didn't have a church building. There she was in her bedroom just singing praises to the Lord. And let me tell you, the Lord was right there with her receiving her praise. My great-grandmother knew this truth, that it didn't matter that, that she was in her bedroom. It didn't matter if she was in the community. It didn't matter if she was in a church building. Because she was worshiping the Lord, she was always in the right place to worship. When you worship the Lord, you are always in the right place to worship. I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul who was able to worship in prison. And if you've been tuning in to Pastor Dennis's uh, Bible studies on Wednesdays, for, for four weeks, Dennis walked through uh, some of 1 Corinthians looking at uh, Paul's life. And Paul, he, he faced persecution and imprisonment unlike many of us, most of us as, as Christians in America have faced. And yet, when we find him in prison, which, which is a place that should be probably the lowest point in his life in prison, we find him worshiping the Lord. Again, worship isn't based on song or circumstance. It's based on how great our God is. And because of this, Paul was able to worship from the east to the west. Paul was able to worship wherever the Lord would take him in his life because Paul knew because he was worshiping the Lord, he was always in the right place to worship. And because of technology and our ability to stream these services, I'm very aware that right now we have people scattered watching this live streaming service. You may be uh, in, an, in another town in Texas, another city in Texas. You may be in another state altogether or you may be, be watching in your home right here in Fort Worth, Texas. But wherever you find yourself this morning, wherever that place is that you are, you are in the right place to worship the Lord. And just like the Lord was with my great-grandmother in her bedroom, the Lord was with Paul in prison, the Lord is with you right now 
and he is worthy to receive your praise. So we have these three essential W's of worship. We have the who of worship, we have the when of worship, and we have the where of worship. And my desire that, that as we look at and as we understand these three essential W's of worship, that we will begin to practice worship unhindered in our lives, not only during this time of social distancing, but that, that we will continue to practice worship unhindered even when all of this is over. So I'm gonna invite Matthew and the band back up here. And we're gonna sing a final song this morning. And if you're watching today, and you would say that you're in that first category that I talked about right now, you would say you are not a servant of the Lord. But today, as you have heard God's word preached, today you you are ready to call out to the Lord. You are ready to ask him to forgive you of your sins. You are ready to make him the Lord of your life. Today, you're ready to turn to him. The encouraging news for you is that you can do that right where you're at. Right where you're at, you can confess your sins to the Lord and you can ask him to forgive you and you can ask him to become the Lord and the leader of your life. You can tell him that you believe that that he died on the cross for your sins, that he rose again three days later, and that he is the one that defeated your sins. You can confess that to him right now, wherever you're at. And today, you can become a servant of the Lord. Maybe you're watching today and you would say that you're in that second category, that you are a servant of the Lord. You have given your life to Jesus Christ. You're a follower of Christ. But, but you're just struggling right now to worship during this time. And so I would encourage you during this last song that we sing, use this time to, to recenter your heart, recenter your attention, not on the circumstances, but on how great God is. And maybe you just need to ask the Lord to show you ways that you can serve during this time as a servant of the Lord. But whatever it is that God is calling you to do, I would encourage you to do that right now. If you wanna reach out to us, you can do that in the comment section on our Facebook live feed. I know our pastor, Pastor Dennis, is is watching this right now and you can reach out to him in that comment section and just tell him that you'd like to talk. Or maybe you wanna do that more privately. You can go to fbcwataga.org slash prayer and and you can can send us an email and, and we will get in contact with you so that we can talk with you and pray with you. But during this time, I would encourage you to praise the Lord unhindered. Let me bring you back to that word that we said at the beginning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let us praise the Lord. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you are worthy to be praised. Wherever we are, Lord, whatever time of day, whatever it is that we're going through, Lord, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's happy, whether it's difficult, Lord, wherever we find ourselves, Lord, you are worthy to be praised. And so, Lord, we thank you for how you are with us. We thank you, Lord, that we don't have to be in this church building to experience your presence. 
We don't have to be in the church building, Lord, for you to move in our lives. We don't have to be in the church building for you to save us from our sins, Lord. You are with us wherever we are. And so, Lord, during this last song, I pray that your spirit would continue to move. And if there's anyone watching right now that has never given their life to you, and today, Lord, you would say that your spirit is drawing them to yourself, Lord, I pray that they would respond obediently and that today we would be able to rejoice with someone new as they become a servant of the Lord. Lord, we love you. We worship you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.